Good morning. It's good to have this number out with us for a morning half of our worship service. And this morning, I want us to to go back. I want us to go back with our minds. Let it, let it go back to as Christ is about to start His ministry. We're going to begin reading there in Luke chapter four, and this is the temptation of Jesus. I know we've covered the temptation of Jesus before, but we're going to cover it again. It's always good to remember the temptation of Jesus. Because Jesus Christ was tempted in every shape, form, and fashion that you and I are tempted. So Luke chapter 4 covers this temptation. When we think about temptation, we think about ourselves, we think about our faithfulness to God, or we should, because we let ourselves come in between God many, many times. And when I say that, I, was, I say that we, we put things prioritized. We, we prioritize things before God. We shouldn't do that. God should be our priority. He should be our number one focus. When it comes to our worship service, when it comes to our Bible class, when it comes to our attentiveness to God, it needs to be priority. It needs to be number one. In doing so, that, being, that separation happens, that is, we're going to stand before God one day. We're going to stand before God and give an account of the things we have done, whether good or bad. And it is my prayer that the things that you have been doing is good. But I would be terrified in standing before God and the things that I have done were bad. We think about Jesus and his temptation. He knows what he's got to do. He's been sent by the Father. And something is, is, is unique in this temptation. I, I will bring that to light. And you may have read this time and time again. You may have studied this time and time again. And has it really actually caught on. But it should catch on this morning of what Satan actually says. Like I said, Jesus is about to be tempted. Led up by the Spirit in the wilderness. That's another significant in our very first verse that we're going to read. As we take notice of what's about to happen, God allows Christ to be tempted. He didn't, he didn't cover him. He didn't, he didn't overshadow him. He didn't put a protective bubble around him, even though he was his only begotten son. He didn't shroud him from the world. He allowed him to be in the world and to be just as you and I are. With that being said, let's begin reading in Luke chapter 4. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Notice what was said. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. In those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Take notice of what's being said here. God allowed Christ to be tempted of the devil. He's wearing flesh just like you and I are wearing. This is right after his baptism. Right after his immersion by John the Baptist, whenever he sprung straight up out of the water, and God like a, descended like a dove and with a voice said, Behold, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. That says a lot. And if you say you don't need baptism to be saved, you're missing a point. I want this point to drive home. Jesus Christ was baptized. You and I are baptized for the remission of sins. That's the reason we're immersed. 
Christ was baptized to fulfill righteousness. He had no sin. He was the Son of God. He was already connected to God. He was already wearing himself. His blood hadn't been shed yet. He was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. And for 40 days, 40 nights, Christ ate nothing. I want you to think about something. Myself, I missed breakfast this morning. I'm, I'm ready to eat supper already. I'm pretty hungry this morning. I could only imagine 40 days of not eating anything. I'd be a friend of ours. You'd say, I'm starving to death. He was just hungry, but that was his statement. Christ was hungry. So Christ used his weakness at this time. He used the weakness of his flesh because Satan knew that he was hungry. So we see the first temptation in verse 3. You, and he said, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. That's, that's kind of simple, right? Christ had that authority, by the way. So Satan says, just command that stone to become bread and you'll be fine. You'll be hungered. You'll be filled. Jesus answered and said, said something significant. But Jesus answered him saying in verse 4, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Did you hear what Jesus Christ just said? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. But by every word of God. He didn't say the word of God. He didn't say a word of God. He said every word of God. Now, this may be one of those things that you've skipped over. This may be one of those things that you really haven't focused on. The word every. Man shall live by the word, every word of God. We think about what is warned in Revelation. About adding and taking away the scriptures. It's not a very good scenario, is it? When we add to and take away God's word. People are doing that today. People are removing things and saying, well, I don't like that person. Well, not that person. I don't like that, that portion of word. And I don't like this little section, so I'm just not going to adhere to it. I'm not even going to focus on it. I'm, not even, I'm just going to take it out of my Bible. And I've heard folks doing that before. They didn't like where, where James was saying that, uh, I don't like my, my works with my faithfulness, so I'm just going to rip that plum on out. I believe I can just believe. Every word of God. Jesus Christ tells Satan, that stone ain't going to save me. Even if I do command it to become bread, that ain't going to save me. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So he defeats the devil there. Right in verse 5. Then the devil, taking him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you 
and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. What? What a deceiver Satan is. What a, what a craftiness full of trickery. There's that word, trickery, right? Oh, the old devil. He's good at it, is he not? So here he is talking to the Son of God. If we turn back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and following, who created everything? Who created all these things that Satan is showing Jesus Christ? Well, here's a little sneak peek. Here's your cliff notes. It was Jesus Christ who spoke it into existence. The God provided, the Son created. The Holy Spirit overshadowed. What? Exactly. So here we see Satan saying, all the stuff has been delivered to me. When was it delivered to you? No, you was cast out of heaven. You didn't deliver it to yourself. It was already created, and you was cast out. So we see Satan trying to trick Jesus yet again. All these things I will give to you if you will just worship me. Whoa. You might say, well, that's a crazy statement. That's a crazy person statement. What Satan just, who's going to worship the devil? Those devil worshipers, they crazy folks, right? They do all kind of weird stuff because they're devil worshipers or Satan worshipers. Jesus Christ tells them again something very powerful that you and I need to tell Satan as well. In verse 8, this is what our Lord and Savior tells old Satan. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. That's a strong statement. Jesus tells Satan, Get away from me. I ain't going to listen to that. I want nothing to do with what you just said. I am not going to worship you. I am going to worship my Father in heaven only. Another strong statement. Another point that is often missed. Who are we worshiping today? Now Satan, Jesus tells Satan, I'm only going to worship God and God alone. Mankind worships all kind of things. Whoa, well, what? Man worships all kind of things today. Today, this morning, is the Lord's day, is it not? Today, we're supposed to worship our Lord and Savior. We're supposed to worship God. We're supposed to reserve Him. We're supposed to give Him reverence today. We're supposed to remember the sacrifices that Christ did for us upon the cross. We're supposed to worship God today. It's the first day of the week. And our number is fleeting in attendance. And it's church-wide. Folks are losing their focus on God. Folks are losing their dedication to Jesus Christ. Christ had yet to even start his ministry yet. He had just been immersed or baptized. So therefore here, Christ, he's being, Christ is being tempted of the devil. And he has dedication like you would not believe. Our Lord and Savior had dedication to the Father all the way to the point of the cross. And he had suffered some stuff, didn't he? He endured some things for you and I. Everybody, everybody's mind goes to the cross. Yeah, the cross was horrible. It was a horrible death. 
But how about being turned away by your, by your own kin? Being disbelieved by your own family? That's kind of heartbreaking, is it not? So here we see Jesus is get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing a pattern in Jesus' his, his weapon that he's using. It's the sword of God, or the sword of God. It's the word. It's God's word that he's using to combat Satan. So Satan sees this pattern as well. Okay, here we go. Verse 9. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And if you're confused about pinnacle, it's the highest point. And said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. This is from Satan's mouth, right? He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Again, Satan uses scripture twists it, takes it out of context, and gives it to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was there when this was written. So, okay. Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So what he says is, I know that if I fall down, I know if I fall from here, I'm going to be delivered. I know this. But in my action of jumping off, now I'm tempting God. That's what he says to say. And you're not supposed to tempt God. We do not tempt God. It is not allowed. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Don't you, I can just see old Satan hanging his head. Well, there goes that. There goes that. Well, now I, I don't have a. I don't have a a leg to stand on anymore, so to speak. Y'all have heard that before. I've lost this battle. So verse 13, Now when the devil had ended, ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So we, say, we see Satan leaving Jesus Christ. Keep your finger there in Luke. So let's turn over there with me to James. And get James to cooperate here. <clears throat> James chapter 4. An encouragement for us with that knowledge of Christ using Scripture to combat Satan in his temptation. What did Jesus Christ do in that time of, of strife? What did he do in that time of, of want? Because keep in mind, he was hungry. He, is, he, was, he was neglected. He was in the wilderness for 40 days. He drew near to God. And he told Satan, get behind me. So you and I need to do the exact same things. James chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse you, hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. A humbling experience for O Satan, was it not? 
But here we see Christ humbling himself. Even whenever he said, just cast yourself, no, you know, not that previous to that. <clears throat> All these things that you see, I will give to you. All the stuff that you see has been delivered unto me. That's what Satan told him. That's, that's what he said. Christ did not answer, that's all mine anyway. He did not say that, did he? He didn't. What did he say? He said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Christ did not put earthly things above his Father in heaven. Did you notice that? He did not put anything above God, the Father. I want us to look at ourselves. As Christ was tempted in every shape, form, and fashion that you and I are tempted in our everyday walks of life, Christ used a wonderful tool that will help us in our ventures, that will help us in our spiritual walk. Do you know what that is? Scriptures. Scriptures. When you find yourself in wanting, when you find yourself in a, in a lowly state, turn to the Scriptures. Turn to God's holy word and it will lift you up. You ever been down? You ever been downtrodden? You ever had a bad day? And you turn to your Bible and you just start reading. And you realize what God did for you. You realize who all has suffered to get the word unto us to this day. And you realize, you know, my, my day really wasn't that bad. I am thankful that we have an opportunity of salvation. Because these old days that, that add up, the, the, the bad ones, the one that, that causes us to, to struggle in our everyday walks of life, and we do struggle sometimes, do we not? This old struggle is going to be ending one day. As a child of God, it's going to end. The reason why I say as a child of God Unfortunately, there is a, another struggle that's going to happen. And this struggle is an everlasting struggle. Revelations 10 and verse 20, no, excuse me, 20 and 10, refers to that lake of fire where old Satan's going to be. The false prophet's going to be. Death and Hades is going to be. And all those followers of Satan, who whenever Satan shows them the world, they turn to the world and they give up God and they turn their backs on God they draw, don't draw near to God they draw near to Satan and you think your struggles is hard today upon this earth wait till that struggle I implore you don't go there turn away from those things that involve Satan turn away from iniquity turn away from sin come back to God if you have been immersed or baptized and be restored. Be yet back faithful yet again. Because that strife, struggle, torment, never-ending anguish is not worth anything upon this earth. It is not. We think about it. I hope we think about it often. To encourage us to not sin. Whenever John writes in John chapter 1 verse 2. Let's turn there real quick. John used, John enjoys writing the word love. John had a whole lot of love for the brethren. Even unto this day in 2022, not 21, 22, John loved us. 
John loved us to, to, to encourage us here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Notice what he says. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Wait a minute. So we have an advocate? We certainly do have an advocate. Why do we have an advocate? Because Jesus Christ was tempted, yet he was sin-free. He did not sin as he was here upon this earth. So you and I would have an opportunity for our sins to be remitted. So they may be cast out. So we stand before God justified on judgment day. Rather than condemned. And that is only applied to those who draw near to God. Casting off your sins. Ready, willing, and able to walk in the righteousness to the best of your ability that is in God. The reason why I say it that way is. If you are a child of God, wearing Jesus Christ's blood on judgment day, hearing those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't that sound good? That, that sounds wonderful. That sounds better than good. That sounds wonderful. So when we think about ourselves, we think about our lifestyle. Because Satan's actively working. He's actively trying to tempt us and pull us away from God. You may have taken that short walk with him. Or you may be involved with him yet to be cast off those sins. You have met yet to be immersed for the remission of sins. Christ was immersed, folks. Baptism is essential for salvation. We made reference to that this morning in Mark 16, 16 in our discussion. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who believes not is condemned already. He who believes and is baptized and is immersed. Not sprinkling. Not splashing. Not splatting as the most recent one I've seen, which I was very disgusted. Baptism is immersion. It's baptizo, which actually means immersion. So my encouragement this morning... If you find yourself walking with Satan, know the outcome of that is pain and suffering. Turn away from Satan and turn to God. Just as Jesus Christ drew near to God and drew close unto him in his everyday walks of life, so must we. We call ourselves Christians. Let's behave like Christ. This morning, I want to encourage repentance. I want to encourage restoration. If baptism is needed, why take another step? Why take another fleeting breath this morning being outside of Christ? Why don't we do so as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation?